This is the 10-Minute Take with host John Stackhouse, delivering up-to-date insights and perspectives from RBC's analysts and experts on financial and economic developments related to the COVID-19 crisis. It's Wednesday, July 22nd. Equity markets are having a strong week as we head into another earnings cycle that will reveal more about the state of corporate America. I'm joined today by Lori Calvacina, head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets in New York. Lori, welcome back to the call. Thanks for having me. We're again seeing markets gain ground in what's become a bit of a surprising summer. What's driving this latest run? On Monday, we got some good news on vaccines, um, which really sparked ostensibly a move higher in the market. But if you looked under the hood, it was actually tech stocks that did really well. And that's not that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense, frankly. On, on a day when you know sort of a better outlook for the virus emerges, tech should do poorly um, on a relative basis, and cyclical areas should do better because it, it you know it sort of stokes the idea that we'll get back to normal sooner. Now, I think generally what we've been seeing since sort of the mid-May time frame. Um, we've had positive inflections in economic data, positive surprises in economic data. Investors have been getting ready for this upcoming reporting season saying, well, if the economic data surprised to the upside, earnings probably won't be as bad as feared either. So that's really helped. But I will tell you, John, I mean, just looking at sort of the, the July news flow up until this week, um, the, the market really seemed to be a little bit detached from some of the fundamentals that had been helping it earlier. Um earlier in the year, um, just frankly, because the virus and reopening news has been pretty bad um, for, the, for the U.S. as a whole, if you look sort of in late June and early July. So, you know, this week, at least we had the vaccine news, which made a little bit of sense. And so looking beyond the uh, beyond the summer, is that the major stress that you're seeing? And what risks do you expect to uh, grow through the year? Yeah, so, you know, we, we actually just put out a cut of our outlook for the second half of the year. We've generally been in the pretty cautious camp. I mean, we were we were more constructive, I guess, back in back in April when we were uh, looking markets for markets to rebound to 2750 on the S&P. Um, but we, we, we generally haven't loved this move that's happened in the market for a few different reasons. Um, we did actually up our target a little bit from 2750 on the S&P to 2900. But that 2900 is, is definitely, you know, significantly below where we are today. And I would just tell you our messaging hasn't changed despite this housekeeping move. We still think things are going to be very choppy in the second half and there's downside risk. Um, in terms of you know some of the things that I've seen in my work that I've been talking a lot about, the valuation data is just starting to look alarming. Um, we have one model that we've used for a long time. It looks at a lot of different metrics, um, 34 total metrics, things besides PE multiples. It's now above tech bubble highs. Um, you know, kind of one of the scariest charts in my arsenal that I look at um, that, that's really gotten me concerned and thinking that markets are vulnerable to a pullback. When we think about investor sentiment, you know, I, I did a survey at the end of June, and most folks are looking for a 10% or more correction in the second half of this year. I share that concern, but we've generally seen there's been really kind of a lack of conviction on this move on both the institutional side um, and the retail investor side, kind of high net worth individuals. So I don't think there's a lot of support for this market if we do get a dip. Um, I, I do think a dip could be uh, pretty, uh, something that there would be a lot of people that say, I'm going to wait this one out. Well, presumably a powerful indicator is earnings, as you indicated. We will see nearly 300 companies in the S&P 500 reporting this week and next. Can you tell us the major themes that uh, you've seen in the early days of this cycle and what you expect to see in the coming days? 
I think that for this to be a good earnings season for the market, we really do need to see something more than just results are less bad than feared because that's pretty well anticipated. Um, you know, what we did see coming into this reporting season was that CFOs, there's a great PWC survey out there, and we were told in that in that June version of that survey that CFOs were very concerned about the second wave of the virus. Um, and since that survey was taken, that's exactly what we've got. So I've been listening, you know, to the early reporters trying to see what are they saying about the path of recovery? Are they giving guidance? What are they saying about dividends and buybacks? So far, the financials that have reported, and that's probably where we have the broadest sector representation, um, they're generally pretty cautious on the path of recovery. They had a great second quarter, uh, for the most part, managed through a, a difficult conditions very, very well. Um, but they, they're not calling the all clear yet by, by any stretch. Now, when we listen to the industrials, which got us, a, you know, it was kind of a hodgepodge of industrials that reported last week. Some sounded decently constructive. Others were a little bit more like the banks that reported last week and cautious. Some noted some softening in short-term indicators in July that had been strong back in May and June. Um, we saw one company that said, we've thought from the start the recovery will be choppy. The past few weeks have shown that to be true. So, you know, I would say so far, I don't think we're getting the all clear. I don't think we're getting a ton of guidance. I think we're still seeing pretty cautious corporates because as many of them feared, the virus is, is, is seeing a second wave now. You, you mentioned the phenomenal run up in uh, tech stocks, uh, pushing the NASDAQ to record highs. Some may see this as an indication of the shift to virtual work and all the positive things that may mean for tech companies. What do you read into what we're seeing in the tech sector. If you look at, at where we're seeing upward revisions in the market, tech has been one of the best sectors, um, and it absolutely deserves it. It's getting it's getting there the right way um, because some of these you kind of this new normal we're entering into um, has some very strong earnings tailwinds. Um, but at the same time, when we look at tech, there are some problems. So it's it's an expensive sector. It's not as bad as it was pre-pandemic on our work, but it is still an overvalued sector versus the broader market. And it's very, very crowded. And you know, one of the things we've been talking to people about really just over the last week is that if you look at tech positioning in the futures market, and you can look at that in terms of how asset managers are exposed to NASDAQ futures, um, that hit its 2014-2015 highs a few weeks ago. And it's now starting to trend lower. It's, it's really eerie because it's it hit this past peak. It's starting to fall pretty rapidly. You can see some rotation coming out of it. That's exactly what happened to the broader market futures, things like S&P futures, Russell futures, Dow futures, back in mid-February. So you're, you're, you've got just sort of a, an odd sector where it's a little overvalued. It's It makes sense from a fundamental perspective. There's some crowding. There are some signs that that unwind is starting, which sort of flies in the in the face of those strong fundamentals. Um, at the end of the day, the way I look at it is that it is a market risk because these are very big weighted areas um, within the S&P 500. So if they stumble, the market's likely to stumble as well. And the biggest risk, obviously, is the virus. We're seeing COVID cases continue to spike, especially in the south and the uh, west of the U.S. in record numbers, those stalling, rolling back, reopening plans. Uh, we also see Congress and the White House renegotiating it, perhaps a, a new aid package, maybe another trillion dollars. Against this backdrop, Lori, how confident do you think corporate America is feeling right now about a recovery in the fall? It's just not as strong as we would necessarily like them to be, at least so far. 
what we're seeing now is that weakness outside of the Northeast is starting to translate um, into, you know, case counts, death rates um, up in the U.S. generally. Um, and so as a result, you know, when we look at short-term economic indicators, kind of the alternative data set people look at, open table restaurant bookings, home business or home-based home small business activity, public transit usage. All that stuff is starting to either kind of stagnate, roll over, soften a little bit. Um, as I mentioned in reporting season, a couple of companies have already called out their scenes, the same thing in some of the indicators they're tracking. So I think this is going to hold corporate confidence back a little bit. You know, we'll see what people say this week, but so far it looks like they're noticing these same trends um, and, and the virus is really having the kind of feared impact that a lot of them were worried about. And, and what's your sense of consumers? Because there is pent up demand. There's a lot of savings, uh, but clearly reasons for hesitation. You know, our economists pre-pandemic, Tom Porcelli used to love to say the consumer is rock solid. And I think you're seeing, you know, sort of the durability of the consumer shine through. Um, if you look at things like consumer confidence, um, didn't really fall as much. Whether you're looking at the Michigan data, the conference board data, the Bloomberg data, we didn't really see the same sort of decline that we would have expected to see, you know, in a recession and a crisis like this, um, just based on past historical comparisons. And some of that has been that the consumer was in great shape coming into this. Some of this has been the stimulus coming out of Washington. Um, we did we did a look recently at, at a consumer spending by income bracket, and you've seen the fastest recovery in the lowest um, income brackets of the consumer. And frankly, it's, it's pretty close to normal because of those stimulus payments. So the consumer is in good shape, but I do think there are a couple things that really matter that could potentially change that. Um, one, if we don't get an extension of the stimulus, um, that's going to be a massive problem. Um, and Washington is just now starting to get back to work on that this week. Um, the other thing is just this belief that job losses are temporary. I think we're going to get color on that, how many of those job losses truly are temporary and how many are permanent. We're going to see you know, what happens on that in coming months. But I think that's really supported the consumer sentiment as well. These are typically known as the dog days of summer. On equity markets, they'd appear to be anything but that. Lori, thanks for being on the call. Thanks for having me. And that's our 10-minute take for today. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.